Altars have always symbolized profound change, marking sacred moments of surrender and transformation. Throughout history, they've been where the divine speaks, guides, and blesses. In Jesus, we find the ultimate altar, a beacon for the lost, the hurting, longing for an encounter with God. In the midst of a world filled with chaos and disappointment, pain and death, there is a promise of restoration and transformation. However, it isn't found at the end of our lives, but at the end of ourselves. It is found when we embrace surrender. Worship For those of you who are here in this sacred space and for those of you who are joining us online. And a special welcome if you're joining us for the first time today. I'm Pastor Ann, and I am honored and blessed to be able to serve this congregation along with Pastor Andy. Know that we're glad you're here, and uh, you're always welcome to be a part of what God is doing in and through this community of faith here at The Way Woodstock, where we are committed to sharing in hope, living with purpose for the sake of others. Last week, Pastor Andy introduced us to our new series, Altered, with this question, how many of us would like to see something changed, something transformed about our lives? We were reminded, though, that change never comes easy, and it doesn't come without a cost. And, and we heard about Noah and what he did as he exited the ark after that long period of confinement. The first thing Noah did was build an ark, an altar, an ark. He had already built the ark. He's exiting the ark, and he built that altar, just like this altar. Ah, the altar was a space to encounter God and to offer God something of great worth, a sacrifice. Now, we were reminded that Noah realized that God had given him a new opportunity for life to be different and Noah also realized that this meant intentionally making space for God and surrendering to him. And finally, we were reminded how our encounter with Jesus Christ, who sacrificed his life for us on our behalf, how that can follow and change our lives as we follow him. As we continue our journey through this season of Lent, we're reminded that this is an intentional time of obedience demonstrated by sacrificing or surrendering that which we hold valuable in our lives. Noah surrendered clean animals. In other words, he surrendered food, depending on God to provide the food he would need in the future. We may find ourselves again confronted by a question. Are we willing to commit only when it's conditional, when it's convenient, or when it's on our own terms? We're beginning to see how serious faith really is and what or where we put our faith. On what or who do we really rely? Jesus walked towards the cross in full obedience without any condition. Are we willing to let go of control in order to commit our lives fully in obedience?
Today we're going to be looking at another altar, one that God instructed Abraham to build. So if you'll turn with me to the book of Genesis, the 22nd chapter, verses 1 to 19. Hear the word of God. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place. The Lord will provide, and to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky And as the sand on the seashore, your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed, because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants, and they set off together for Beersheba, and Abraham stayed there in Beersheba. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear most gracious God, this is a hard story. When first reading, it's just so hard for us to get our hands around it. But Lord, there's some really, really important words in here for us. So we ask that you open our hearts, that you open our minds, that you open our souls to receive 
all that you have for us today, that we will hear directly from you what this is really all about. And it is in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Now, to get the full impact <coughs> excuse me, of today's scripture, we need to back up a little bit. Years earlier, many years earlier, Abraham, then called Abram, was called by God to go from your country, from your people, from your father's household, to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and curse whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. That was Genesis 12, 1 to 3. So at the age of 74, not 16, not 18, not 20, but at the age of 74, Abraham leaves everything he knows and goes to the land where God will show him. He doesn't even know what his destination is, but he goes. He leaves with his wife, Sarah, then called Sarai, and his nephew, Lot, and when they arrive in the land of Canaan, Genesis 12, 7 tells us, The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So Abraham built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. And then we're told in, in chapter 17 that when Abram was 99 years old, 99 guys, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and blame, be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make great nations of you, and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give you as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. God also said to Abram, Abraham, as for your wife Sarai, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her, though, so she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. 99 and probably 97? Yeah. And it came to pass, as God said it would, that Isaac was born. After all these years of waiting, impatient waiting, sometimes taking things into their own hands, as we often do when God doesn't move, move on our timetables. Finally, Abraham and Sarah received the gift of the promise, the son Isaac. It was all Abraham had ever wanted, 
And because he was the fulfillment of God's promise, Abraham valued Isaac above all else. But God was about to test Abraham's commitment. Would Abraham be more committed to his life on earth or to his father in heaven? The first step of living a life of surrender is to be ready to respond. When God called Abraham, Abraham's response was, here I am. The Hebrew word for here I am means to behold or to look. So Abraham was beholding or looking toward God. Abraham responded, I'm ready to respond when you call. As a child of God, Abraham had been very faithful from the beginning of God's call on his life when he left everything he knew and went into a place where he didn't even know what his destination was going to be. But not all children are like that, are they? They're not all obedient. I'll bet everyone here can remember a time when they responded to a parent's call by saying, wait a minute, let me finish what I'm doing first. Or perhaps you may have acted like you just didn't hear the call and just ignored your parent. Sometimes kind of like we do with when we hear God speak to us. Sometimes we say, well, wait, wait a minute, God, the timing's not right. Or we say, uh, don't think I heard you right. And we kind of ignore. But the first step, the very first step of experiencing the transforming power of surrender is to show up and be ready to respond to God when he calls us. God knew he was asking Abraham for a complete commitment. God knew that he was asking Abraham to give up what he valued the most. Remember verse 2? Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac. God also was showing Abraham what a full commitment to following him would mean. He told Abraham, to sacrifice Isaac as a burnt offering. Now, in the book of Leviticus, we learned that there were five different kinds of offerings that God provided as a way for his children to be reconciled in their relationship with him. The burnt offering was the most common sacrifice, but it was also the one that called for the most commitment. Leviticus 1.3 tells us that the animal chosen for the burnt offering was to be the very best, the one that was most valued. And unique to this type of offering, every part of the animal was to be sacrificed. Nothing was to be held back. It was indeed a full commitment. When the Israelites provided a burnt offering, it wasn't because of what they were going to get from God. It was about what they were willing to give to God. Abraham was being asked to surrender everything to the Lord. Have you ever been there? Sometimes it's when things seem out of control and you don't know where else to turn that we turn to God and say, I'm counting on you. God wants us to turn, not just when things are out of control, though. In Romans 12, 1, the Apostle Paul urges us 
to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. God doesn't want just part of our lives. He's not asking us for our Sunday mornings. God wants a full commitment from each and every one of us. Our world needs a full commitment from each and every one of us. If you've professed your faith in Jesus and responded through baptism or through declaring your commitment as a disciple, what did that mean to you? Did it mean a 10% financial commitment? Did it mean choosing to serve once or twice a month? on a Sunday morning when it fits your schedule? Or did it mean that you were all in, a full surrender to God? The sacrifice wasn't Abraham's choice. He didn't look around and decide what he was willing to give God. The choice of the sacrifice was God's. What Abraham had a choice to do or not was to surrender Abraham was willing to be fully obedient. In Genesis 22, 6, we see Abraham getting the wood together for the sacrifice, and Isaac carried it just as Jesus had carried his wooden cross to Golgotha, where he would lay down his life as a sacrifice. In Matthew 16, 24, we're told that if we are to be disciples, if we want to be a disciple of Christ, We must, too, be willing to pick up our cross and follow him. Commitment without condition. Commitment without condition. It's through our surrender that we really and truly can encounter the transforming power of God. We're also told that after gathering the wood, Abraham builds the altar. He creates that space where he can encounter God. And Isaac's with him. This place, Moriah, where Abraham built the altar, is called the Temple Mount. And it's still a very sacred space. It is in this sacred space that we actually witness two surrenders. Abraham's faith was active and alive. He remembered God's promises in the past, and he remembered God's faithfulness in fulfilling those promises. Early on in that scripture that we read, in verse 5, we get a hint of how Abraham's able to do what he's going to do. Verse 5 says, He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. We will come back to you. He had full assurance that God would provide. So he laid his son, his most beloved gift from God, on the altar. Now as a parent... (laughs) That would be an impossible thing for us to do, for Abraham to do, if he did not have full faith that the Lord who was calling him to do this would show up and would take care of things. 
Abraham wasn't negotiating with God for his needs. He was committing every single part of his life wherever it would lead. Richard Foster, in his book, Celebration of Discipline, says this, Worship begins with holy expectancy. It ends in holy obedience. This was an act of holy worship for Abraham. He was being totally obedient to what God had called him to do, but he was also being full of holy expectancy that God would show up. God had promised Abraham that his offspring would be numerous. Abraham was depending on God that somehow, he didn't know how, but somehow he could count on God coming through. Now, if you're like me, you're probably wondering, but what about Isaac? We must remember here that Isaac had been instructed by his father. He had witnessed firsthand Abraham's faith. He had witnessed firsthand how God had provided, and he knew of his father's commitment to God. So Isaac also demonstrates great faith in this story. He willingly laid his own life down on that altar for God. He wasn't forced or coerced, but he too made a full commitment to God. Both Abraham and Isaac fully committed to God in that space, and they both encountered God. They encountered his mercy and his grace. Abraham and Isaac responded to God, and God responded to them by providing the sacrifice so that Abram didn't have to. Just as Jesus responded and sacrificed his earthly life for us so that we could experience new life with God. Now we're told in verse 14 that Abraham named the sacred space of encounter, the Lord will provide. God sees our need and he responds to us as we respond to him, as we come to him with our needs. There's a scripture that I love that says, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. You might notice here that Abraham didn't name this space the Lord did provide. He was declaring his belief then and there in God's provision for that time, but also for the future. We often hear stories of where God provides miraculously when we are in need, when we have a need, and this does happen. But Abraham was willing to commit all that he had, not out of desperation, but out of obedience. Abraham was willing to commit everything he had, not out of desperation, but out of obedience. He was willing to surrender all without condition. Now, Abraham had learned <laughs> to turn from his own ways because he got in trouble when he, when he turned to his own ways. He had learned over the course of his life, though, to turn away from his own ways 
and to turn to the ways of God, which even though he didn't understand what God was calling him to do, he obeyed. Now, in a minute, I want to pray, and then I want to give you some instructions regarding, did you get, how many, who did not get an index card when you came in today? Did you, oh boy, lots of them. Okay, we need somebody to hand out index cards. Raise your hand, keep them up, because you're going to need it in a minute. Index cards. So after you get your index cards, I'm going to pray. And then after I pray, I'm going to tell you what I want you to do with those index cards. So keep your hands up till you get a card. And I'll raise my hand too because I didn't get one. Thank you, dear. Okay, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear most gracious God, this is a hard scripture. When we first read it, it's kind of like, how could you? How could you ask that of us? But Lord, um, you do want a full commitment. You want our hearts so that you can fill our hearts with your Holy Spirit so that we can be about your business in this world. This world needs you desperately, and you need us desperately to be walking alongside other people, helping them to know you. So, Lord, um, help us to look. Help us to look beyond our frail ways of understanding things to your way. And, Lord, help us to search our hearts and to, um, to ask ourselves the hard questions. And so we, we give you this time, Lord, in just a few minutes. I'm going to ask the praise team to come up and just play something soft in, while we're doing the next part of this. But we ask, Lord, that you just speak to our hearts in these moments of quiet. And it is in the name of our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen.